Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guests today are bringing, bringing it old school and keeping it old school, just like probably about 113 years old, old school. Um, this is a creative duo and purveyor of witty, gritty goods. Please welcome Jessica and Ashley Cunningham of Over Fork Over. What's going on, ladies? Hey, how's it going? Hey. <laughs> well, first thing before we start, what is your go-to sandwich? Okay, so I thought about this a lot in preparation for this question because Jessica and I, growing up, have always had like a list of the top five sandwiches that we've had. Yes. I love you. <laughs> so I won't go through all of them, but I will say that for me, um, a turkey Swiss sandwich with avocado is probably the best. I think most of the uh, top five sandwiches are turkey sandwiches on really? the list. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jessica? Same, turkey. Uh, there's like a deli out in uh, Pike's Place, um, and it has... Uh, turkey and gouda. What's the place in Pike's place? Oh, I can't remember. It's in Atlanta. No, in Seattle. Oh, see, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, Um, yes. It was a little. So, like the original Starbucks is there, and then there's this little deli right next to it, and they had like this. uh, Had like cranberry. That was a good sandwich. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've I ate there, and I just can't remember the name (laughs) because I do remember I do remember that place next to the original Starbucks. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's um yeah super good food there. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. So tell people a little bit about Over Fork Over. First, how'd you came up with the name? And then tell people what exactly you guys do. Okay, so I'll start. Um, I can tell you a little bit about the name. Um, So our last name is Cunningham. So I don't know exactly how we first came across it. But Jessica was like looking up Cunningham Scottish family crests from back in the day. And she realized that the uh, Cunningham family motto is over fork over, which has a couple of like conflicting histories. Um, I think the main story is that there was like a prince that they were trying to hide. (laughs) They were trying to hide um, someone like from the uh, oncoming I don't know. There was some sort of civil war maybe <laughs> happening. We're not We're really bad at Scottish history. <laughs> yeah, I hope no one's listening. We just saw that there was a unicorn on the crest, so we thought that was fun. <laughs> but um, no, they were hiding someone from like the, the people coming after him. Um, and they hit him under hay bales with like pitchforks. So they were saying like, over, fork over. And that's the story. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay, and then what about over, fork, over? the business. Tell me about that one. Um, so I guess I would go all the way back to when I was in college. Um, I did an internship, uh, a letterpress internship, and I really loved it because I, I didn't really like working on the computer that much and I wanted to work with my hands. So uh, after college, I got my first press and it's a golden pearl. It's the biggest smallest press you can fit in an apartment (laughs) it could make it through the door frame which was the criteria wow (laughs) so we got that um and i just kind of tinkered around with it honestly for like 10 years um and i think we're like Ashley would text me all these funny ideas and the funny cards. And she's like, this is a funny. I was like, yeah, that is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica is definitely the design and printing um, side of the business. And I'm more of just the wordsmith. So it's a even partnership there. So, yeah. So um, I think it was, it was probably the October before the pandemic. And we're like, yeah, let's just do a craft fair and try and make these cards. Um, So uh, we, 
I think we made like 20 cards and we signed up for, what was it, the Indie Flea in St. Pete? Yeah, we did a couple of markets um, and then just started adding on markets around Central Florida. Um, that's how we met you. Yeah. <laughs> I think at a Lake Nona market. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then just kind of kept developing all of the products that we have and um, within the last year had a had a pretty big growth opportunity with getting a studio space here in Longwood. Um, so, yeah. So now we do a little bit of everything. So we've got all of our over fork over products and then uh, we do custom print work as well. So wedding invitations. Yeah. We're always hit up by our friends yeah. uh, to do their wedding invitations. <laughs> hey, good word of mouth because yeah. they're, they're sending it out to a bunch of people. So exactly. it makes total, <laughs> makes total sense. Um, that, that, is very interesting to me. So first, let's rewind a little bit, Jessica, because you're just like, oh yeah, I did this thing with letterpress. Like, what were you studying? What were you studying? And then, how, like, because that's something. Like I said, it's very old school letterpress. Letterpress printing is is obviously very old school, but also very like become very modern. Like now, it's like a very trendy thing right now. So how is it that you went that route where you like? got the app you're like oh I, I i think i would like to do this even though you know in that aspect you know and i know you said that you don't like getting sitting at a desk and just working on a computer how did that go about um so i studied graphic design in college um we had to pick an internship and oh, i think like a few months prior before my i had to pick this internship i had visited a museum and it was all lead set type and this is kind of funny interesting um story when i was a kid i loved dr quinn medicine woman <laughs> okay who did it <laughs> first and, printing inspiration <laughs> yeah and that's honestly the first time i saw uh letterpress printing because <laughs> dorothy was the letterpress printer <laughs> so i was like oh my goodness i want to do that um Yeah, uh, so I I was able to take uh, my internship there, and the guy was great. I did it with a friend, and he said, here are all these presses. Uh, People from all over the state would drop off their old equipment that they had in their garage for, like, you know, 40 years, and they're like, I don't do anything with this. Can you take it? And uh, he just let us roam the entire museum and do what we wanted, and it was kind of a self-taught internship, (laughs) but um, we learned a lot. And actually... We didn't even learn anything about the 21st century, like how it was being used today. Um, that was after I graduated and uh, I just was more interested in it and I kept learning and we went into Polymer and I learned that you could illustrate anything and put it in the computer and, and design what you want. And uh, yeah, I just love that tactile quality. It's kind of uh, like graphic design, but but using, you know, your hands to create everything. It's, it's great. No, I think it's amazing. Obviously I'm a, I'm a big fan. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of have you girls on the show just because, um, I love the, I love the aspects of it and we'll kind of go for a little, cause I'm kind of curious about how you guys decided to start all this, but I consider the two of you, like you guys both go together, like kind of like a PB and J, right? Your <laughs> yeah. sisters, like you mentioned, Jessica, you do the graphic work. Um, Ashley, you're the clever, you know, copyright, um, you know, coming up with everything. How is it working together as a business? And like, you know, because basically it's like, it's both your ideas and then having to, you know, like a sandwich, put it together to kind of make something work together. Like, how does that how is how has that process been? Are you guys very compatible? Are there certain elements that you guys like yin and yang that you fill? How's that work? 
Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> like, for instance, the production side of things is not my forte. That is really Jessica, so she knows that she works better doing that on her own. Um, but I would say that it's pretty easy to bounce ideas off each other because, you know, when you've known someone for your entire life, you're not afraid you're going to offend them if you say you don't like their idea yeah. and vice versa. So works pretty well sometimes though it, it can be difficult yeah. like if i if i don't like a card idea i'm like mm, i don't know sometimes i do get offended <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh but we have some close friends and then we just run it by they're like we what do we think about this card opinion. yeah yeah get some outside outside yeah. perspective um how important is it to be different and stand out in this particular in this particular business or or i guess line of business Ooh, that's a good question um i think like you mentioned letterpress is definitely um uh, experiencing a revival or has been i don't know for what would you say like the last 15 15 20 years, 20 years uh, or so so there's um a lot of competition out there so you know as far as our over fork over products i mean i think the What's important to us, though, is that we stay true to ourselves. A lot of our cards um, speak to, like, things that we're experiencing. Yeah, just um, everyday life. <laughs> and I think that really resonates with people. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it might be the thing that you're too afraid to say, but you really feel, and you, know, you realize that everyone else feels it, yes. too. <laughs> My favorite card um, is our card that's, it's kind of an all-occasion card, and it says, I'm so happy for you in this major life event and I'm it's wait what is it I'm so happy for you in this major life event and it's not making me panic or question my own life choices at all so yeah <laughs> we try to come up with things that kind of speak from the heart that other people can relate to yeah no it makes total sense I absolutely like love that Jessica do you have a favorite um over fork over product or card um I really like our it's it's simple it's not as uh, clever as the other ones, but it was one that I came up with. So <laughs> it's uh, always remember your, like, never forget you're beautiful, smart, and funny, and you turned off the iron. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's something, yeah, literally every time I leave the house, I think about that. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> nope. I totally get it. I totally get it. The the workshop, I uh, I got to see it. I got to see it. Um, go do a quick look, and we'll obviously do a little tour later, and I'll take some pictures. Um, I love that you guys are coming up with you know a, ways to provide, and and this is one of the big ones. Like because you have this area of doing everything downstairs, you guys also have smaller versions of um, of printing, and you guys actually do workshops. And one of the things that I loved about it was the fact that you are teaming up and doing it at other small businesses and providing something that's kind of, you know, tactile where people can actually make their own product. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about how you guys came up with that concept um, and then how you kind of figure what to kind of make and, and stuff like that. Um, I think the workshop kind of started as um, I, okay, I love sharing the knowledge of printing with people. Ashley, <laughs> Um, I don't always like receiving that knowledge. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of moving parts with letterpress and a lot of intricacies that my brain is just not built for. <laughs> yes, but I thought other people might want that knowledge. <laughs> and I love teaching, so um, we wanted to get out there and then support other local communities and in, in businesses in the community. Um, 
and yeah just spread the the knowledge of printing uh, people come across letterpress usually when they're searching for wedding invitations um, but you know it can be used for all different things and we wanted to share that with people so we've done a couple of workshops where people can print their own stationery we did custom valentines um, recipe cards that one was great um, and it's surprising. Some people sign up for the class and they're like, yeah, we don't even know what this is. <laughs> we have no idea what letterpress is. It just sounded fun. So <laughs> we're like, great. <laughs> and hopefully they walk away with the knowledge of like what it is and can spread that with, you know, their friends. Because um, after these machines are gone, letterpress is, is gone. Um, they don't make them anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah that is the, the cool part, being able to, you know, find these old presses and then share that with people because... I mean, I think our youngest press is, what, 60 years old, probably? Mm -hmm. um, our little tabletop presses, you know, they each have a cool, unique history. We got one recently um, from a woman in, where was she, Minnesota? Mm -hmm. um, and her dad was a, um, he used it um, during World War II. So, I mean, you could probably speak to his story a little bit better, but. Um, he operated a ham radio, and so... He at night, he would have conversations with people and see how far he could talk with people across the world. And then he would print uh, postcards on that letterpress and mail the postcards to people. So, so we named our press after him. It's Lester. That is phenomenal. Yeah. I think uh, you guys should do like a postcard uh, workshop. Yes, that would be and, fun. Um, yeah. For sure. That'd be a phenomenal <laughs> yeah. thing. Greetings. You could even do like a greetings from Orlando type thing and uh, then have them send it, it yeah. to people out. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Heck, I think that's a product. It's right a good there. idea. I know, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> I'll give I you a it. cut of that one. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just take a car. I'll take a few postcards though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we talked about how you guys come up with the concepts and the cards. Do you guys have, and I know you guys kind of like let each other know, but do you have like brainstorming sessions? Do you have like a, where do you keep it all? Um, where, where's all that go? Because I know like ideas come at random times. And so that'll be another one I'll ask after this, like what, when do the most weirdest times come? Uh, do you guys get ideas? That is the difference between Ashley and I, I have brainstorming sessions. And I I'll cannot sit down. have a brainstorming session. <laughs> she will not sit down and work with me at all. Um, so I'll get random texts throughout the Just, day. Yeah. With a card idea that came to me. <laughs> yep. Just randomly. Um, She'll text me like early in the morning and be like, what about this one? <laughs> I'm like, eh, I don't know, workshop that one. <laughs> Usually, yeah, when I'm just at work throughout the day, if something comes up, you know, you can't say what's on your mind necessarily when you're in the work environment. So it will inspire a card that I'll send to Jessica. So as far as organization, uh, mostly they are just in a notes app on my phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so she's more. Yeah, her copywriting skills come uh, sporadically. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, we're near the train if you can hear that. It's okay. It adds to it. Je Jessica, would you say you, do you also write them down or where do you put, or do you just send them to text them over to, to Ashley? Yeah, usually cause I, she's the clever one. Um, and I always need uh, reassurance that it's funny uh, or, you know, cause I'll laugh at They're my funny. own joke. They're funny. <laughs> I'll always laugh at my own joke, but we're just like, would other people laugh at that? <laughs> yeah. So. She'll text them to me and say, write that down. <laughs> I do I do do that sometimes. Sometimes I'll actually 
um, I was like just on a podcast that had a guy who he actually got waterproof paper mm-hmm. and he writes notes to himself in the shower because <laughs> I do get a lot of ideas in the shower. Um, I don't know. I think it's just cause it's like so early in the morning and mm-hmm. then it just kind of comes. And then when it hits me, I'm like, Oh crap, I got to write this down somewhere. Right. Um, and sometimes at late at night it'll happen. And if my wife's on her phone, like if I'm just laying there and my wife's on the phone, I'll be like, text me this, text me this. And she, I'm like, don't answer, just, just write what I'm saying. Just text me this. <laughs> and I'll just be like some random thing. And she's like, I don't know what this means. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll tell you afterwards. Let me just get it out. So I definitely, uh, it's, but it's, it's one of those where I, I'm starting to ask a lot more people where they keep everything yeah. because I literally have like a notes app. I have like notebooks. Mm-hmm. I have like a whiteboard um, of just ideas that are constantly just kind of where to put it. So yeah. I'm like, it's like a big game of where do you keep it all? Definitely. And if you don't write it down right away, especially the ones that come to you at night, like the next morning, you'll be like, oh man, I know I had this great idea, but so it's yep. good that iPhones are a uh, water resistant now. So you can keep them yes. here if you're in the shower Yeah, <laughs> an for idea sure. comes to you. For, for sure. Um, since you're using, I guess since you're, I, one of the big things was like, what kind of, at what point did you make the decision? Because obviously, like you said, you had a you had a machine in your apartment. At what point did you say, I'm going to actually have to get a larger space and actually start doing it? Because, I mean, that's a huge financial commitment to kind of take that. So, like, at what point did you just say, we want to do this and we're going to have to get a we're going to have to get a space for me to be able to keep all these machines because obviously I want them and I want to be able to use them. Um it definitely happens slowly. Um, we have, I think, what, eight, eight presses now? Yeah. Um, so we had the one in our apartment. Um, and it, presses have their limitations. Um, so once I kind of tapped out on what I could do on that press, I was like, well, I need a bigger and better press. Um, so our parents were really nice enough to let us take over their garage for a little bit. <laughs> But it's two hours away, so... (laughs) They live in Venice, so it it did get um, a little tiring driving down there to print on the weekends. I could imagine. So um, after um, my work kind of changed locations um, and I was laid off um, originally at the pandemic and I went back for a little bit, but um, in March of this year, I was laid off permanently and I thought, well, this is the perfect time. Just go for it. So uh, we opened um, our studio up with a, a, my good friend Jason, um, and he does screen printing, and then we share the other half, and we do letterpress. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's kind of just, uh, we, we said it was like less taking a leap of faith and more just being pushed like, like off shoved. a cliff. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. it makes sense. <laughs> did, um, at that point, did it also become, because obviously I know you have an online presence, um, which their website is overforkover.co. Um, when, is that something that you guys said, you know what, we're going to start putting this, like, was that already originally initialized already, like having the website and then kind of putting an onus on that? Cause obviously we weren't doing events because of the pandemic, but now you're printing and you obviously have inventory. So was that something that you guys kind of made a decision to kind of push as well on the social or maybe push on the idea of the website to try to sell online? Originally, when we started doing fairs, we wanted the website to be up and running and offer everything at the fairs. And the fairs, we kind of treated like um, marketing for us. So 
we could introduce ourselves to people. We could introduce letterpress to people. Um, See what kind of worked and what didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Our the fairs we kind of treat as like a, a test focus market. group. Yeah, <laughs> we we see what people read and then they laugh at and we're like, okay, all right, that one was good. <laughs> or if they give a strange look after they read one, we're like, go oh, hide that card, get rid of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that did not approve. <laughs> um, yeah, so we wanted to have the website up there um, and. Uh, so we've been pushing the website a, a little bit more during the pandemic just because we, we weren't able to do fairs. Um, but And then we had um, the opportunity to do the workshops, which that was great. And uh, the same thing. So we treat workshops kind of also like um, marketing. You know, they get out, they realize it's because some people sign up for the workshop and don't know what letterpress yeah. is. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and then they, they realize like, oh, they have funny cards too. <laughs> Definitely nice, though, to be moving into more of a post-COVID world where we can get back out in front of people with workshops and fairs and things. For sure. Yeah. And I meant to ask, when you guys do the workshops, do you bring product to sell as well or do you just do the workshop? We just do the workshop, yeah. Um, We give everyone either like a little gift, like a journal or one of our enamel pins and, you know, that has our information. It's like a little teaser. Thanks for yeah, you know taking that the time to learn That is ideally something that we will be better at is bringing products no, with us. <laughs> and the only reason I, the only reason I'm asking is because I I'm always curious because I I was doing before pandemic and a little bit but probably before pandemic even happened I was doing like a monthly sandwich eat up event and I was doing events oh, okay. and when I was doing those events my whole thing was to build community kind of marketing tell people about me show people my passion of sandwiches introduce people to other small business but i never sold anything at those events and i did it for i did over 60 of them and until like towards the end i started then bringing product but the reason i didn't do it was because one i was my whole thing was i wanted to, i really did want to build community i had like little trinkets and buttons and stuff like that stickers but my whole thing was i didn't want to i never wanted people to feel I wanted people to see my passion and I didn't want them to actually see. And and I know it's horrible. This is like where it's like, Hey, he's bad at business. Um, because I didn't want people to feel like I was like, Hey, buy my stuff. It was more of like, Hey, this guy's obsessed with sandwiches, which then means every time they see a sandwich related thing, they then now think of me, which then thinks of deli fresh threads. Like that's how I took the marketing. So I'm kind of glad that you guys used, and that's kind of how I also use events as well. Like a lot of times when you talk to someone who doesn't, have a love for their business or maybe is not seeing that this is like a long process of building and building engagement and all those things. Sometimes they don't realize that, you know, when you hear everyone like, like a perfect example, I'll have like someone, maybe a family member or someone go like, how many shirts you sell? And like, they don't look at it as like, how many pe- how many eyes saw you? Like how many people like actually spend time talking with you or now we're like looking at your stuff or spend some time with you. And then now, now they remember who you are and they want to kind of later on come back. Yeah. They don't look at it that way. They look at it as how much money did you make? Exactly. And so yeah. starting out it, the most flattering and fulfilling part was having people come up and say, just laugh. They're yeah. like, oh, just like appreciate the, the hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Or really resonate with it. We have a, a tote bag that's like keys, phone, wallet, anxiety meds. Yes. And it feels so great when people really like resonate with that tote bag and they're like, yes, that is exactly how I feel. <laughs> like you're not alone. Yeah. That's same. <laughs> no, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. What, what's some advice you would want to give someone that's wanting to start something on their own? 
Um, I think kind of touching on what you just said is that it does take time. I mean, this is something that printing has been a passion of Jessica's for over 10 years since she graduated college. So, yeah, um, I would just say patience. Yeah, just patience, and you know, faith, I yeah. guess that it'll work out. Just keep going and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, social media is probably not our strong suit, but um you know, that's where things are these days. That's where, you know, you, you can spread your <laughs> We work your on, image. you know, 100-year-old machines. Yeah, and exactly. Then we have to <laughs> so, uh, bring that into the 21st century. Exactly. <laughs> We're getting a TikTok. Here we go. Get a TikTok. That's what, you know. That's what the kids say, right? Yep. That's what get the kids a TikTok. Say. Get a TikTok <laughs> or, get a reel, or get a reel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've done a couple yeah. of reels. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can definitely do some cool stuff with the machines and you can actually tell stories. I think it'd be cool to tell stories about those, um, your machines, like the whole Lester. Like, I think that would be like a phenomenal, like, yeah. hey, meet Lester. And then it's like, and then have like the pop-ups of things. Don't get me going. Yeah. I mean, I, it's <laughs> funny. It's, and I don't know if you ever have this, but it's always easier to give advice to other people to then yes. actually get creative for your own. Um, which is always one of the reasons why I do like sometimes brainstorming with people just because you get a different perspective or at least if they're people that are creative and have an idea of what you want, you can kind of bounce and then it kind of, you build, it kind of builds momentum, almost like a snowball. For sure. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that definitely is, uh, something that I always appreciate when I, and that's one of the reasons what I miss about doing markets is being yes. able to be around other creative, other small businesses. We're all doing the same thing. You know, that whole passion of like trying to build your own little business and just, you know, like we're all here together, you know, and like, you know, let's help each other out and, and see what we can do. So, yeah. And there's been so many cool makers that we've met um, just doing these fairs the last couple of years. So it just, it just opens your eyes to all the creativity that's within the community that you, you know, maybe didn't know was there before. What would you say is your, is your why? Hmm. Mine might be a little different than Ashley's. I mean, my why is uh, I, letterpress is a part of history, and I want to keep it going. I want other people to know about it. Um, it's we're in the age of the internet world, so like this is a, a major movement too. But before that, like the printed word was one of the biggest cultural movements in the entire world. So there's just my love for it and the history of it. And I want to keep it going. Um, but also specifically, I think with our products, it's really just to speak truth and, you know, have some levity in maybe situations that aren't um, super enjoyable all the time. Yeah. Maybe you do suffer from anxiety or, mm -hmm. you know, but you're not alone and there can be funny moments in those. And yeah, uh, that's, I think that's what we want people to take away from our products at the fairs. Um, just, you know, really resonating and saying, oh yeah, I feel that way too. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's probably it for me too, is kind of that creative outlet to be able to connect with people and kind of say the things that things people are thinking but maybe you know maybe no one's saying out loud so um you know I have a, a day job in addition to this job so it's something completely different that's not a creative outlet so this I think is really good for feeding that creative yep. outlet that's why I started mine I needed that creative outlet I had was very process driven and I needed um I needed a creative outlet and that was what I did mine so that makes total sense um do you ladies have questions for me Yes. Um, 
So you are an extrovert. I w- would you say that's a fair title? Mm, sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I would say Jessica and I lean more toward the introvert side. So I'm especially, especially introverted. Yeah, especially <laughs> Jessica. So what kind of advice would you have for introvert makers on, you know, kind of putting yourself out there? And you talked about the meetups, which was pretty cool because, I, you know, we've outside of craft fairs and workshops not done anything like that. So... So, yeah, that's, I will say that that is one of the hardest, the hardest parts is the, especially if you're introverted, because we already have kind of like that hurdle. I, and I feel like we all mentally have a hurdle where you kind of talk, you can always talk yourself out of anything. Um, or you feel like no one ever, most of the time I hear people don't like their voice, don't like the way they look on video. Um, and so therefore they don't do any of those things. Um, but at the same time, my, my advice definitely for introverts is that there to a certain degree, people are, when, especially when there were small businesses like ours, like you're, you're part of that business. You know what I mean? Like your personality is those cards, right? So therefore like it's perfect. It's a great, you know, maybe come up with a creative, since you guys are creative, come up with a creative way where you're able to use maybe you're introvert, but maybe instead of it, maybe it's word bubbles popping up and, uh, and things like that where it's like, and because there's certain ways that you can make, you can create certain things. You just have to figure out what are you most comfortable with? Like I've, I'm very proud. I have like a lot of people that I'm friends with. Like once again, I think I mentioned it's always easy to be able to give advice for someone else, but to take your own advice. And, um, and so I, I, I appreciate when I actually some, you know, I love, I love helping other small businesses in the sense that I want everyone to succeed. So a lot of times I'll be like, Hey, perfect example. I had one of my former guests, um, brought Speard care. I've been telling him forever, dude, you have to make videos about your product give tips about beard oil and like I'd even send him messages like ask as on my personal one going hey tell me a little bit about your beard oil like I kind of like try all different things to see if I can get him to do it um and then he finally just said and I and I kind of was like um and I've been using this lately a lot more because I just watched Luca from uh on Disney plus and I'm and I'm I'll admit I'm one of the I am like Luca sometimes in that case there's um there's that inner voice that talks to you and t- tells you no and in the movie there's a part where he's like silencio Bruno and that Bruno I have a Bruno I'm trying to figure out what his name is right now it's still Bruno but I'm basically trying to figure out like I have to tell myself no like take that chance and take that opportunity so I definitely think that you should if you don't I, I guess try to at least it's going to, it may take a while, especially being introverted. Um, I would say at least try little mini steps to feel like at least a little bit uncomfortable, um, and get yourself out there. Because I think that if people really see, you know, just kind of like how I've had an opportunity as much as like, I hear people tell me that they're introvert, but then maybe I'm so extroverted that it makes them comfortable enough to talk to me. But I don't know if that's part of it, but at least try to like, you know, the more people can see you or talk to you and not, not just in social, but like doing an event, nothing worse, you know, in an event when you have an owner that doesn't care and you ever go to those fairs, like, you know, when you go to a fair and like you walk and the person's just like not looking at you and it, they, and even though it may not be that they're rude or anything, they're just introverted and they don't really, they feel like they're shy. Um, it never hurts to just say hi or smile. Um, and even just go that route and just you be like, Oh, what, you know, what do you think? Or, you know, I, and then when they start talking to you, at least start answering them. So, I mean, definitely try to make at least try to make an attempt to get a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I think the more you do it, the more the more times you become a little bit uncomfortable, it adds up. So then you start making progress on where you want to go. Awesome. That's good advice. We will definitely 
that was to. sorry for the long no no that's jeez <laughs> should have been taking notes <laughs> what, do you have anything else um so what how so you said you've been doing your business for you said eight years right eight years eight years so what do you wish you had known when you started since we're you know we're a couple years into this up uh, you know experience wise more than that but actually producing products and we're relatively younger so what it advice do you wish you had known so for me i would definitely say that um for me my thing would be my brand is i be, i kind of I, and, I, and it's something that i still struggle with now my brand is my baby so what a lot of times when your brand's your baby you then tend to be a little bit less flexible on trying to do things so for me i can safely say that like my biggest issue was i didn't sell at markets probably for the first two, three years of being in business. And the reason I didn't was because I kept saying the no, but this, or my shirts have to be wrapped. So therefore, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And then I kept giving myself no's. Um, and so I got in my own way. Um, and then, so because of that, it's kind of, I feel like in some cases can, can delay your progress because I probably could have done more wholesale if I was more open to it in the sense of like, no, I want everyone to experience my shirt to be wrapped. Uh, mm -hmm. and things like that and, and you really can't do those things if you want certain progress like you need to kind of go the route of like and in my particular case like I'm looking at doing more wholesale and finding a way of keeping a flavor of how my brand is about but at the same time like people love my designs they like they care about the the experience but they love the design and I really shouldn't hinder myself to that. So it should be like an experience if they buy from me online, but if I go wholesale and sell outside um, doing that, I think that's one aspect that um, I definitely think is to kind of look at what works and if something's not working, be, you know, have, have the mindfulness to say, hey, I'm willing to make this change and don't get stuck on your ways. Because if you're stuck in your ways, you're not going anywhere and then you stay stagnant. Um, and then once you start getting stagnant, then you start kind of almost sometimes having the, the doubt, like the, the doubt that we all get, mm -hmm. um, you'll get more doubt. And then that starts building up and then next thing you know, you're giving up. And I never want anyone to do that. And that's something that I would probably say is, for me, is uh, has been one of my big things that sometimes my, I just got kind of caught up on my own self on what I wanted to do. And I'm kind of, basically the pandemic has forced me to be like, you know what, like screw it, let's, let's do it let's yeah. do let's do different things and let's try things and definitely collaboration i think is another big one i think the more people you can collaborate um sometimes it's not about money sometimes it's just about you know kind of creating that that you know kind of getting more eyes on you and kind of building that partnership i think the more that you can do that i think that also helps that's I mean, awesome yeah. i i think that's really good advice and that's something that i think we kind of confronted um this year too is um we came up, I don't know if we came up with the saying, but uh, don't let perfect be the enemy of done. So that's kind of, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That, that's way more. One that's of us way is a perfectionist. It's not me. I was going to say that's way more eloquent than progress over perfection. <laughs> Where can people find you on social and shop and support you? Um, our Instagram is over fork over underscore co just co. Um, our website is overforkover.co. Um, am I forgetting anything? We're, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And you'll soon be on TikTok. We'll soon be on TikTok. <laughs> Watch for our reels. Yeah. <laughs> reels, we hear that's where it's at. So we're going to have lots of reels. You're going to press on. I got gotcha. you. <laughs>
Um, well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Jessica and Ashley Cunningham of Over Fork Over for being on the show and having lunch with me. Um, definitely make sure to check them out online. If you go to the markets and see them, definitely check out their stuff. I'm always buying something whenever I see them um, because it's that good. Um, and if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe. Um, if you want to support and check out my brand, Deli Fresh Threads, um, do some shopping and definitely tell your friends. Thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thanks, guys. Thank you.